Okay. So we are solution providers, the Bible says. And um, that's what the Bible says. We are sure of it. Acts 10 38, the Bible talks about. Hallelujah. All right. Thank you, Lord. All right. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed because God was with him. So we see that God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth to be what? A solution provider. And when Jesus was leaving, he said, just the same way the Father has sent me, so sent I you. In other words, uh, the way Jesus Christ operated here on earth is the same way that Jesus expects us to operate here on earth. And that's very important. It's important how you, who you identify yourself with in any situation. That's very, very important. And I keep using this illustration of the woman with the issue of blood and then, of course, Jesus Christ. You see, a lot of believers, when they're reading that scripture, they want to identify themselves as the woman with the issue of blood. No, no. By the reason of the finished work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ has brought you to the position to be a solution provider. He has brought you to that place where if you can connect with him, you can know exactly what to do. You can deal with any situation. That's, that's the power of what Jesus has done for us. You know what it means to open up the Holy of Holies? The place where God dwells. Because when Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, what happened? There was darkness. There was lightning. For three hours. And then something happened in the temple, the Holy of Holies, that only the high priest could enter. In fact, some people had never, they've never seen what's inside the Holy of Holies. Because you can't even, when there's nobody there, you can't dare try to go and say, let me go and peep. There's no need to put a padlock there. There's no need to put a door there. It's only a curtain. And who dare you? <laughs> go and peep. And say, let me even, let me go and see what is happening. You are, the person is dead already. He will be knocked out by the presence of God, by the consuming fire of God. That was the case in the Old Testament. And yet, when Jesus Christ paid the price, when he paid the price, when he met the demand of justice, God himself opened it up. Used his hand to cut the curtain and then opened up the Holy of Holies. 
And I said, now, there's nothing in this world that you need that's not there. That's the place to be. That's where you get everything. Now, if you will know how to enter there, if you will know how to move in that realm, in that place, then you can solve all problems. And that's the position God has placed us. That's the possibilities that we have in Christ because of the finished work of Jesus. That we now have access to the Holy of Holies. We have access to God himself. And because with God nothing shall be impossible, he has placed us in that realm to also say that with us nothing is impossible. And we see Jesus Christ said, to him that believes, nothing shall be impossible. Putting man in the class of God. Putting man in the class of God. And what brought about that possibility? The finished work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. Now it is up to us whether we're going to take advantage of that, appropriate this thing, and then move into that dimension. And it is when we begin to move into that dimension that then we begin to assume our destiny, assume our place in destiny, which is to be solution providers. That's your destiny. That's what God has called you to. And that's why you must understand the vibration of God. You must understand the thoughts of God concerning Destiny Life Christian Center this year. It is not a thought of weakling. It's a thought of strength. Hallelujah. It's a thought of dominion, not a thought of victim. So, if something negative happens around you, you have the right to either look at it and then let it go, or you stop it. You stop it. And that's left to you. Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the Bible said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. Can you see this? This is the mandate that is upon your life to preach deliverance. And that's why you must be a teacher of the word. You must understand the word of God. You see here that, it is, that deliverance is not just only in casting out demons, but also it's in the preaching of the gospel. In this in this. In this sense, how do, you, how do you release deliverance to people from what this anointing, this mandate talks about? By doing what? Did he say by casting out the devil here? He said by preaching deliverance. He said, my people perish. Why? Because of lack of knowledge. So if I can, if I can begin to preach and then begin to release knowledge to people, then there's that liberation that begins to take place. So that means there's deliverance in preaching. Amen. Amen. So you don't wait till when we start praying. As we're teaching the word of God, people are delivered. That's what the Bible is saying. 
There is deliverance in preaching. He said to pre-deliverance the captives and recovering of sight the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised and to pray the acceptable year of the Lord. You see what the Bible says to preach? Is that it say we should pray the, the rejecting year of the Lord. <laughs> the acceptable year of the Lord. So you, what you have in your mouth is, see, the Lord is always speaking acceptability. Acceptability, acceptability. This acceptable year of the Lord. This is the year that the Lord has made. This is the year the Lord has made. And we are so glad about it. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So it means that no matter the situation, there is a yea promise for it. When I say yea, yes. A yes promise. For the promise of God, they are yes in him. And then we say the amen. Hallelujah. So, so we're able to identify that there are two major categories if we're going to be solution providers. Number one is that we're going to have to do what? Do good. Do good. So that's the category one. And then the category two is we are going to have to undo the works of the devil. Because the works of the devil are there. So, so the, the, the kind of solution providing you're going to do is that there are two things you always look at. Where is it that the devil has messed up? Where is the problem? Oh, there's a problem here. Then remove the problem. And then you come to a place. Oh, this place, there's nothing. There's, there's, it's just there. It's not, there's, it's not a problem, but there's no advancement. And then what do you do? You take it to the next level by doing good. Glory to God. And so we looked at some scriptures, you know, just to show this. We talked about us, you know, ministering kindness. Of course, last, uh, last Wednesday, you know, the Spirit of the Lord just led us in a, in a different dimension. And then we looked at partnering with God, you know, to provide solution. And then now we're going to continue to just look at, okay, what are the details of doing good and then destroying the works of the devil, undoing the works of the devil. What has the Bible got to say about it? Colossians chapter 4 verse 6, you know, talks about, yeah, there are some, you know, little, little things here and there that you have that through that you can actually begin to minister to people. You can begin to do good to people. You can begin to provide solutions. A lot of people, when they think about providing solution, they're always thinking about, oh, it has to be money. It has to be something big. No, 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 no. The truth is this. You have what it takes to provide solution. There is somebody that is waiting for your manifestation. There's someone out there that your smile is going to bless. There's someone out there that your waving of hands is going to bless. There's someone there that you're shaking of hands is going to bless. And that is just what is going to make the difference. The shaking of the hands of that person with a smile will liberate the person from a suicide thought. 
but you may, never, you may not know. That's how powerful the love of God that God has set abroad in our heart is. The kindness of God that is in us is. Colossians chapter 4 verse 6. He said, let your speech be always with grace. That's how you got to be careful what you speak. How you speak. Very, very important. You need to ask yourself what I'm about to say. Is he going to minister grace? Is he going to, is he going to, is he going to lift up this person or is he going to pull this person down? How is it going to affect the people around me? And that's where it starts. It is not in the big things. It starts first from your character. And these things we say, they are small things. They are the key things. They are the things that determines every other thing. Your character. Let your speech be always with grace. Seasoned with salt, the Bible says. So when you are speaking, how, how is the person that I'm speaking to going to perceive what I'm saying? Is he going to get a point or is he going to miss it completely? He said that you may know how you ought to answer everyone. You need to know how everyone... That's why our partnership with the Spirit of God is very key. And I believe that's one of the reasons the Spirit of God moves us into, into that dimension uh, on Wednesday. That we must partner with God. You must know how you ought to answer everyone. So Now, if God is telling us that we need to know how, it means we have the know-how. We can. That's what it means. And I keep telling us that whatever it is, you should be excited about every, whatever it is that God tells you to do. If God tells you to jump, then it means you have the ability to jump. So you can know your ability by what you have been commanded to do. Some people are like, okay, I don't know whether I can do this, so I don't know this one. Then go and find out what God is telling you to do. <laughs> when you find out what God is telling you to do, it means you have what it takes. It's just to discover how to go about it. Hello? So a lot of people will never discover their potential until they begin to look at what is God telling me to do. For example, there are people that we may not even know they know how to sing and God say, oh, yeah, you go sing. Why? Because there is an instinct of, there's that musical instinct, but it's hidden somewhere. And until the person begins to try, I mean, starts to sing, that thing will never come out. And so it starts and then misses it, misses it and it's like, see, it's not just there. And then that's what a lot of believers do. Once they start and then it's, it's just, just flowing easily, then they say it's not there. No. No, it's that. If God says to do it, then you have the ability to do it. And you don't just give up. 
Romans chapter 12 verse 10, he said, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. He said we should prefer one another. Must you have your way? He said, you say, nah, let me just, let me just say the, pe- my, the piece of my mind. I must say it. I must just say a piece of my mind. And you keep saying, before you know it, you slice all your heart away, all your mind away. Because I want to give a piece of my mind, a piece here. You give it here, you give it here, you give it here. Before you know it, you give all of your mind. You have, would have caught everything. Giving it out. No. This is the, I tell you. I mean, this is telling us to be dead. To serve completely here. He said, in honor, preferring one another. He said, this is how you honor people, by preferring them. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. We are looking at doing good. That's what the Bible says. The Lord Jesus, he went about doing good. Doing good. Doing good is one of the ways you provide solutions. Ephesians 4.31, he said, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. You will notice that there's, there's one that was repeated twice, but in different ways. He says, Let all bitterness... Bitterness is on his own. Then he said, wrath and anger. Both of them are the same. But at different degrees. Look at that. Anger. <laughs> Something the Lord began to tell me about anger. It's one of the ways you can use to judge your transformation in life, anger. I mean, I tell you, some people say some people don't get angry. The truth is this, every natural man has got anger in him. In fact, those people that do not get angry easily, they are the, they are the most dangerous when it comes to anger. Because the day they get angry, they don't know how to manage it because they don't even know, they don't usually get angry. But the day they get angry, and that's how, that's when they know they are weak. And the Bible says to deal with this anger, deal with it. If you're going to do good, you need to deal with anger. Now, I used to be very angry. But the Spirit of the Lord began to, you know, deal with me in this area. I'm still trying to remember when I got angry last. I'm trying to. I can't remember now. 
Hallelujah. But it's the work of the Spirit of God and revelation. You've got to receive the revelation. When you see the revelation, the devastating effect of anger, you run away from it. You run away. Why did Moses not enter into the promised land? Huh? Yet it was, it was the meekest. Yet it was the wickedest. Anger. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. <laughs> it said, an evil speaking, but put away from you, be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind, kind. He said, be ye kind. It means you have kindness in you. Be ye kind one to another. Some of us are so, we are very quick to, to accept that, see, that's also, that's the way we do things here. Quick to accept the wrong thing about you. The Bible said, be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted. Ah. Forgiving one another. Forgiving one another. The apostles were asking Jesus, he says, how, how many times should, should we forgive our brother? He says, this seven times. He said, no, I didn't say. He said, 70 times seven. And that's per day, 490 times per day. So there's, even the devil, cannot, the devil cannot do you bad thing more than 490 times. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You see? So, the devil himself, you know, cannot do that. So, not talk of children of the devil. Forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. And then Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 says that we should be zealous of good works. He said, be fruitful in every good work. Be fruitful in every good work. And then you come to Titus 2.14. also talks about the zealous, being zealous of good work. You have what it takes. And it's important that in releasing your goodness, it's important to locate problems. You must be very, be very observant. Let the Spirit of God help you to locate problems and then solve them. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, look at what Jesus said here. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was uh, hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. 
naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee are hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and give thee drinks, when saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee, or when saw we thee seek or in prison and came unto thee. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Now, this is Jesus speaking here. And talking about what really matters, what is going to matter at the end of the day in heaven. That what God is going to be looking out, your act of kindness. God is going to be looking out for your act of kindness. That you see the sick, you visit them in prison. You visit them in the hospital. This is basically talking about acts of kindness. Do not allow a day to pass without you showing an act of kindness to somebody. If it just means by calling and then, and then just encouraging someone. Yeah, that's an act of kindness. And then, of course, we know the other story that he told to those people... Uh, that one on his left hand. And let's not go there. So it locates problems and then solve them. And it's important that when you are in a place where there's a problem, you're in a place where what we call temptation. Because temptation as it was is also a problem. Amen. Hello? Temptation actually is a problem. So a problem can, can also be identified as a temptation. And what does the Bible say about temptation? It said there's always what? A way of escape. In other words, there's a solution to it. There's a solution to it. And who provided the solution? Say God Himself. Look at First Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirteen. He said, "There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man." So you can say there is no problem that is taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Now the faithfulness of God was brought in here and emphasized that when there is a problem, when there is temptation, when there is trials. God is faithful. And how is God's faithfulness revealed? Look at it. He said, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able? So, there is no problem. If there is a problem that comes your way, it is because you are well able, prepared to deal with it. And to overcome it and to bring solution to it. Hallelujah. See God's faithfulness. He said, see God is faithful. He said, it's not, it's not his faithfulness is not dependent on your own acts here. His faithfulness is dependent on the fact that he is God. So if there's any issue that ever came your way, it is because you are prepared by God to deal with it. Hallelujah. 
Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able? So it means you are able to deal with anything that comes your way. Come on, say, I'm able. I'm able. You say, but we will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape. So the way of escape is within the problem. So the solution is there. It's not far-fetched. It's there. He said that you may be able to bear it. Deal with it. So what is that telling us? Is that we have the power to innovate. So that within the problem, we can get the solution out. We can innovate. Because we have the wisdom of God in us. In Proverbs chapter 8, verse 12, he said, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. We have the wisdom of God in us. And if we can look inward, then we can get a solution out. And it's important that it is our goodness that attracts reward. In other words, see, it's value that attracts reward. You say you don't have money. The question is, are you giving value? The moment you are providing solution, you are giving value. It's just a matter of time. Money will come your way. Because it's the law. It's the eternal law of God. That as you give value, then reward follows. Look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 28. Proverbs 22, verse 28. Proverbs 22, verse 28. He said, remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Okay, so what is the ancient landmark? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> okay, so let's look at verse 29. So that you see the ancient landmark. Because I remember this scripture. They used to quote it in those days. He said, remove not the ancient landmark. And then the, the way they are saying it, he answered, what is even this ancient landmark? You know? So when, especially when they are talking about Holiness in those days, you know, the doctrinal holiness, what you wear and what you don't wear, and all of those things. Said, Remove now the ancient landmark. Discover that. What is the ancient landmark here? And you neglect all the scripture that talks about it. The one that follows is the ancient landmark. This is the key ancient This is the landmark. This is the guiding landmark of the fathers. See thou a man diligent in his business. He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before me, man. This is the ancient landmark. Diligence. Come on, say diligence. Yes. Diligence is the ancient landmark. 
And then you, 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 you look at it, starting from Adam, you see Adam was a diligent man. And then you keep coming down to Abraham. Abraham was a diligent man. He wasn't a lazy man. You come down to Isaac, come down to Jacob. Jacob was a hard worker. And he kept walking and walking and walking and walking and walking. He says, see thou a man diligent in his business. He faces his work. He refuses to be distracted. And then the Bible says he's going to do what? He shall stand before kings. Reward will follow. You give value. You invest so much into what God has committed into your hands. As a matter of time, reward will begin to follow. So you don't go after reward. What do you do? You give value. Give value. Reward will automatically... See... Reward answers to value. Give value. Provide solution. And then reward will follow. See thou a man diligent in his business and the way to providing value is the way of what? Diligence. Tell your neighbor, it's the way of diligence. You have to be diligent. You can't be lazy. You can't sit down and be doing nothing. No. The Bible says you must walk. So you have to be diligent. And then the wisdom of God helps you to walk smarter. You walk hard and you walk smart. It's not just enough to work hard. You must work hard and work smart. That's the place of the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. God has called us as solution providers to do good. Just the way Jesus Christ went about doing good. And we start this with our act of kindness. In our character, in our love work, in forgiving others, in being tender-hearted, in making sure that the words we speak inspires men, and not that it brings them down, it takes them to the next level. Hallelujah. And then you show the act of kindness to people. Ah. It's the best place to be now. The best place most you be. Why should you be fighting? I don't understand. I mean, I just don't understand. Why fight? It takes a lot of energy to fight, man. Yeah. <laughs> whereas, whereas, I mean, in the place of peace, you just enjoy it. Peace is a place of enjoyment. Fight is a place of struggle. <laughs> you know, so much anxiety here and there. And that's not the way to be good. Jesus Christ, who went about doing good, that's the mandate upon your life to go about doing good. Be a blessing to someone. 
Smile to everyone. Smile. And then we see when you begin to, to develop the act of smiling, before you know it, your, your face will begin to look more beautiful and then more handsome and all of that. Hallelujah. But if you don't smile, those are the people that they get, they get um, old very fast. Wrinkles here and there. So, you smile. <laughs> Be a blessing with a smile to someone. Stand to your feet and say, Father, I thank you for your grace that's been released by your word tonight that I go out there with acts of kindness and be good to men in the name of Jesus. I forgive men in the name of Jesus. I refuse bitterness in my heart. I refuse anger and clamor in my heart in the name of the Lord Jesus. The power of God is at work in me. The power of God is at work in me. Glory to God. <laughs> the power of God is at work in me. Producing the love of God. Producing the wisdom of God. That I go about. I minister grace with what I speak in the name of Jesus. When I speak people are excited. People, people are born. I mean people are burning with the fire of God. To take the word. To move out there. And fulfill their God-given destiny in the name of Jesus. They are excited, motivated by God to take the word in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and declare that going forward, I will not be a hindrance to any of my brother or sister or anyone, I will be a blessing to them in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and say, I will not fight anyone in the name of Jesus. I choose to forgive in the name of the Lord Jesus. I choose to walk in peace with men in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. As you go forth, you go forth in the power of the Holy Ghost. The hand of the Lord is strong upon you. You excel in all things in the name of Jesus. The lines are falling unto you in pleasant places. Yea, you have a goodly heritage in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, make a joy for us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen.